Well, aloha and good morning, church. Welcome to our home. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. Uh, would you open your Bibles to Isaiah uh, chapter 6 this morning? We're actually launching a brand new series on the major prophet of Isaiah. Now, uh, just to give you a brief overview, so for these next seven weeks, we're going to dig our roots deep into the Old Testament book of Isaiah, seeing the hand of God at work and, and hearing the voice of God. We're going to see Christ revealed in the book of Isaiah. After that, we have our Advent series called Grafted In and Preparing Our Hearts for Christmas. Can you guys believe it's October? But uh, before we continue, uh, this past week we just celebrated our 15-year wedding anniversary. And I uh, just want to say thank you to those who uh, called and texted and greeted us, Facebook messaged, put on our walls. We're so blessed to uh, serve together as husband and wife, and the best is yet to come. Amen to that. Well, um, you know, preaching in the Old Testament is not very popular these days. Um, there's a pretty prominent mega pastor who does not believe in preaching the Old Testament because he says that we live in a post-Christian society with agnostics and atheists and how the Old Testament really kind of clouds and it dissuades people from the message of Jesus. And the Old Testament laws and regulation that distracts from the person of Jesus. Um, but um, I would say Jesus feels very different about the prophets and the law, about the Old Testament. Um, have you ever felt like you were lacking in something and that you were... Uh, insufficient in an area in your life and if you only had this one thing you'd be able to do so much more like you would like kill it you'd like crush it in life that you'll be able to succeed and do well like fill in the blank if I only had blank man I would be so much more successful if I only had more financial security more zeros in my bank account man I would be more happy, if I had more talent, if I only had more giftedness, if I only had more education, if I had a, a better uh, personality, if I had more discipline, if I had a stronger work ethic, whatever it is, and you feel like, man, if I had just this one key ingredient, this game changer, man, I could be so much more successful in life. You know, in moments of weakness and insecurity, as a pastor, uh, I would sometimes wonder, man, if I only, if we only had like a church building, then we could meet and, and really disciple people. Or if I only had more charisma, if I had more Instagram followers, uh, if I had more, if I had skinnier jeans, we would reach more young people. But all that is wrong and because in Luke chapter 16, Jesus tells a story about a rich man and Lazarus. And it basically, it boils down to um, make, condense, make the long story short. Uh, the rich man lived in opulence and abundance in life, forsaking God. But Lazarus, he depended on God and trusted in God. Uh, they both pass away. This Lazarus is not Mary's sister uh, Lazarus, right? This is a different Lazarus. It's a parable. And uh, Lazarus is in 
by Abraham's bosom and in heaven. And this rich man is like, hey, could you just dip your water, dip your finger in water and give it to me? I'm, I'm so thirsty. It's like, no, there's a chasm between us. No can. We, we're not able to do that. And the rich man says, you know what? I have brothers that are living. Could somebody go tell them? They're like, no, we can't do that. He goes, well, how about if I resurrect from the dead? I'm this rich man. If I resurrect from the dead and tell them to believe in God, not to trust in riches, but to put their faith in God, then they would believe me. And this is what Jesus says in Luke chapter 16. He says, no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Did you guys catch that? Sometimes I'd be, as a pastor, I'd pray in the hospital room. You know, there'd be a church member and said, oh, you know, I have a coworker that said, could you, that doesn't believe if, could you go pray for him in the hospital? And if, and if they get healed, they'll believe. And I'll be praying. It's like, Lord, for the sake of your glory, could you heal so that this person would believe in you? They'd see your power. They see your might. Or, you know, oftentimes we, we feel like we, if God only did this, if the, God provided this miracle, if God provided this uh, supernatural thing, then people would believe. And what Jesus says is, hey, the scripture is enough. If we have Moses, meaning the books of Moses, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and if they have the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, Ezekiel, Micah, Amos, Nahum, Habakkuk, these prophets, if they had the log prophets, if they just had the Bible, that would be enough for people to believe in God. So... All that to say, guys, is that sufficiency of Scripture, that the Bible is enough. And we're going to go through Isaiah. Isaiah is a rich book. It's a crown jewel of the Old Testament prophets. It's a book that strikes an awe of the hearts of its readers. Um, the prophecies from Isaiah are mentioned in 22 places in the Gospel, in Acts, and in Romans. And so let's go ahead and turn to our text in Isaiah chapter 6. We'll start at verse 1 and we'll just read the whole chapter, okay? So that it's only 13 verses so that we can catch what God has. And before we read, I want to give you a heads up. There's going to be two juxtaposed ideas that's in Isaiah 6 that I want us to walk away with. One is the throne where Jesus is seated Holy, holy, holy. He is high and lifted up, highly exalted. And the stump. You guys catch that? So the message title is God's glory in the stump. The throne and the stump. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. 
At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Verse 10, Make the heart of this people calloused, and make their ears dull, and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, For how long, Lord? And he answered, Until the cities lie ruined without inhabitant and the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. Verse 13, uh, we need to take hold of this and notice this and underline this in your Bibles and circle it. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak leave stumps, I highlighted that, until the whole city is left in stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. This is the word of the Lord. Exactly one month ago, we commemorated 9-11. And... Everybody has a story of what happened, where they were, who they were with, what was the circumstance when 9-11 happened. And we all have our own stories, but I think the overall feeling and sense from 9-11 is this, how could this happen? Like our sense of security just wiped underneath our feet, our sense of, in, of invincibility, of safety, it just completely vanquished and vanished in the span of mere seconds when those airplanes hit the Twin Towers. And a sense of crisis overtook our nation. The, the financial crisis and recession that would take place, the, the travel industry suffering for years until it was able to make up, and the sense of, of security was just gone, and our nation was at a crisis. In the times of crisis, we need to see a vision of who God is. We need to have this Isaiah 6 vision. And here's the main point that I want us to walk away with this morning. Would you write this down? The glory of God shines even in crisis. The glory of God shines even in crisis. 
where everything that we thought was secure was shaken. That everything that we believed in and put our hope and our trust in was shaken. And that may be for some of you in this, for some of us in your living room right now, that your personal life is in crisis mode, that your life may be crumbling. You may feel like this COVID thing has pulled the rug right under you and that you're in great suffering today and you can't seem to make sense of it and all you don't know where this is all going, a sense of crisis. It may be an illness. It may be a divorce. It may be a death of someone that you love. It could be a dream that's been shattered or your family not working out the way that you anticipated and you dreamed it would be. It could be the end of a relationship. It could be many things. And you feel like you're, you're being shaken. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1, here's uh, two points of application for us. Would you write this down? God is enthroned and the whole earth is full of his glory. God is enthroned and the whole earth is full of his glory. Look at verse 1. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died. Let me pause there. King Uzziah was one of the most prominent and prosperous kings. He started as a king for, since he was 16 years old and he reigned for 52 years under his leadership. He was a king unlike any other king since David or Solomon. He, the land prospered. He subdued his enemies. There was economic prosperity. It says in scripture that uh, Uzziah's fame spread. And in verse 1, it just says, in the year that King Uzziah died. And to compound things worse is that the Assyrian army kept advancing and advancing and advancing. And the king dies. And when King Uzziah died, it felt like the future of God's people died with him. And when it seemed like all hope is lost, when it seems like crisis is taken over, God gives Isaiah a vision. He saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne. He sees God, even though Assyrian Empire is coming and conquering the Middle East, he sees a God who rules. And he sees a God who is high and he is exalted. And the angels cry out, holy, holy, holy. Isaiah gets this incredible vision of God who has control over history. He has control over mankind. And it's, he's seated on his throne. And what's he doing? He's seated. He's relaxed. He's not anxious that King Uzziah died. He's not stressed, but he is seated on the throne. How many of us had to tell bad news? Maybe, you know, you um, crashed the car or something. Mom, dad, are you sitting down, right? Because you want, you want them to calm down and you want them to be relaxed. 
you tell the person to be seated so that they could be at ease. Well, King Uzziah dies and God, he's already seated on the throne. He's not anxious. He's not uptight. He's not taken by surprise. God is not eager. The creator of the heavens and the earth is not apprehensive. He's not worried. He's not fearful. He's not uneasy. But God is seated on the throne. You know, in Psalm chapter 2, it says that the kings of the earth and the ruler of the nations rage against God. They conspire and plot against God. You know what it says in verse 4? He who sits in the heaven laughs. Like, really? You see, God is enthroned, and it says the whole earth is full of His glory. Look at verse 2. Above Him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Now, the Hebrew language didn't necessarily have punctuations like exclamation point. My kids are doing online um, distance learning and they're, they're learning, you know, declarative. They're learning, um, you know, uh, interrogative and all these different uh, types of sentences. But in the Hebrew language, um, the way they would emphasize something is they would repeat it. And when you repeat something three times, it meant like to the absolute utmost. So the angels, what do they do? They super holy, 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 holy is like the most superest, um, super duper holy is God. When we think and when we say that God is holy, what we refer to is that not necessarily that God is moral, though that's a part of it, but you need to catch this, is holy means that God is unique, that God is separate, that God is other than. So many times in the Psalms it says, who is like our God? Who can we compare to God? We can't compare God to anything, to anyone, to any king, to any false god. There Everything else in this world is created. God is the only uncreated thing. That even though King Uzziah dies, God is seated on the throne. He is relaxed. He is at ease. He is not anxious. The angels cry out, holy, 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 holy. And what else do they say? That the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. From the rising sun to the sunset sky from the beauty of rainbows the thunder and lightning when the oceans roar the whole earth is full of god's glory the glory of god is everywhere psalm 139 says where shall i flee from your presence where shall i go from your spirit if i go the heights of the heavens you're there if i go to the depths the depth of the, the bottom, you're there everywhere. The presence of God is. And may I tell you this morning, church, that God's glory is in the ordinary mundane life. 
The earth is full of His glory. When you're homeschooling your kids and you're doing distance learning and you're teaching your kids common core math, right? The glory of God is there. When you're stuck at home and you're doing Excel spreadsheets, the earth is full of God's glory. The presence of God is there. When, if you're a realtor, where you're doing a virtual tour of an open home, open house online, the earth is full of His glory. When you're reading a book, when you're out on a hike, when you're going for a walk, when you're in the ocean swimming, body surfing, bodyboarding, fishing, whatever it is, the earth is full of His glory. May I encourage you this morning, church, there's no place where the presence of God is not. The whole earth is filled with the glory of God. Even with a pandemic, even with an economic recession, even with racial injustice, even with civil unrest, even with political division, the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. Number two, would you write this down? That God is enthroned in every stump. Remember the two key terms that are juxtaposed, that are put next to each other. They're almost like a brackets in verses 2 Verses 1 and 2 and and verse 3 and then verse 13, which is what? God is enthroned and it's bracketed by a stump, right? Because Isaiah chapter, verses 4 to 6, Isaiah comes to terms with his own sinfulness. He sees God, that he's holy, his sins get forgiven, and then he gets commissioned. He's like, who will go for me? And Isaiah says, I'll go for you. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Use me. And verse 11, God tells him, hey, you're going to have this ministry for decades and decades. You're going to have this ministry that's not going to be very fruitful. You're going to have this ministry where you're going to preach and people are going to fall asleep at your church. You're not going to, you know, you may be in the presence of kings here and there, but for 50 years of your ministry, um, people ears will be dull to hear their eyes will be blind to see they won't understand how's that for encouragement right and verse 11 let's read there then i said lord how long am i gonna have to do this and it and he answered until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. Verse 13, And though a tenth remains in the land, it will be again be laid waste. Jerusalem, Israel was this, Judah was this mighty forest. But you're going to keep preaching and a hundred years after Isaiah dies, the the. Jerusalem is lied in in ruins and in complete waste. 
It's been cut down once this mighty, fruitful, vibrant, robust, strong tree has now been cut into stumps. Verse 13, but as a terebinth and oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. I don't know about you, Ben, but uh, I'm not down with stumps. I like trees. Trees are beautiful. We have a backyard a mango tree. We want our trees decorated and to look nice. Nobody likes a stump. A stump, it represents something that's been severed, something that's been cut off, something that was once fruitful but has now been like cut off and severed. But what God says here is that King Uzziah died. He's seated on the throne because, and what's worse here is that Israel experiences because of their idolatry and because of syncretism. Syncretism means that they mixed in the worship of God with um, idolatry with their other worship, with, with Molech and Baal and Ashereth poles. So they mixed, it's basically Jesus plus, if we were to contextualize it today. And because they fell into idolatry, God allowed them to suffer for their sin. And this once fruitful thing has been cut in, down into what? Into stumps. Stumps are, are ugly. I don't like stumps. I don't, I think, I think the whole Christian experience is not to live our lives as stumps. We want to be fruitful. Psalm chapter one, right? That he will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit its season. But God says, even in the midst of the stump, I'm still enthroned. Stumps represent something in our lives that's ugly, something that we resent, something that was once fruitful but now has been cut off. Let me ask you two questions. First is this, where in your life is it hard for you to believe that God is on the throne? Like right now, what's going on? Where in your life is it hard? It's difficult to believe that God is enthroned, that God is in complete control, that He is holy, holy, holy. Secondly, what stumps are in your life that you resent? The thing that you find ugly, the thing that you want to get rid of, the thing that's a, uh, a pain in your neck, you just want to get rid of this stuff. It doesn't belong. For some of us, the stump, maybe it's the loss of your job. Maybe you've been furloughed. And you're just like, man, everything in life has been good. Everything has been bearing fruit, but there's this stump. There's the thing that's been cut off, cut off my livelihood to provide for my family. My sense of financial security has been cut down to a stump. And I resent that. We despise that. We abhor that. 
something that we want to cover and look away from. And you find yourself in this transition in your life. Maybe you've been betrayed. You feel like nothing is happening. But you have to see that God is on the throne and His glory fills the whole earth. Would you write this down? It's on your notes. If you see God on the throne, you'll be okay with the stumps in your life. If you see that God is exalted, if you see that He's sovereign, if you see that He's holy, the stumps in, the, in your life you'll be okay with. If you think about your marriage, right now it's a stump to you. Maybe it's your children. They're at home. Before you could just send them off to school and you could go to work, make money, but now you're stuck at home. You're trying to do work, teleworking. Hi, I was, you better stop, you, you know, and getting your slippers. I'm calling in regards about, and, and it's just like, ah, oh, what's going on? But if you see God on the throne, you'll be okay with the stumps on your life because God allows stumps. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe your singleness is a stump. You didn't sign up for this. Maybe it's um, infertility. You expected to be married by now. You expected to have a job by now. You expected maybe to own your own home by now. Maybe your boss is a stump. Maybe you're in a difficult relationship. But if you can look at the stump in your life with the vision that God is on the throne, you'll be okay. And well, I'm going to close with this, that there's no way to eliminate that God is God and you are not. God is holy. I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish just God would listen to me and do what I want him to do. <laughs> God is baffling. Sometimes he disappoints me and he's confusing. He is impossible for me to control. Why? Because he is holy. He is holy. He is Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And today we are invited to surrender to God. Maybe you're resenting this season in your life. Everything else seems to be fine. There's fruit trees and there's trees everywhere, but there's this stump that you cannot get over. And I'll close with this warning that what happens if, if we don't get the throne and the stump, you will do what King Uzziah did. King Uzziah, he was powerful. He built up an army. He was economically advancing Israel. But you know what? He became so powerful and he wanted to, he was supposed, he was not comfortable with the stumps that he took things into his own hands. Well, he was supposed to wait on the Lord. He's like, you know what? Uzziah did something and he got tired of being humble and waiting on God and he did a terrible thing he went to the temple and he basically said I'm the king I run this country 
I'm now going to function for a priest. And 80 priests are like, no, 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 Uzziah, King Uzziah, please don't do this. You've been faithful for over 50 years. Please don't do this. But he told the priest to shut up and sit down. I'm the king. Get out of my way. And he started offering sacrifices, doing stuff that only priests were supposed to do. He lost his temper and his years of humble service went down the drain. As soon as he offered the sacrifice, leprosy fell on his head. And he lived in seclusion and isolation, a separate house, not even in the palace before he dies. Hey, if you see God on the throne, if you trust that he is sovereign, that he is good, that he's merciful and that he's faithful, you'll be okay with the stumps in your life. If you believe, if you have this vision of God that his glory fills the whole earth, the stumps in your life are okay. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, O oh God. Uh, we see in Isaiah chapter 11 that out of the stump of Jesse, out of the a root will grow, which is the Messiah. Lord, you turn our ashes into beauty. Lord, what has been torn down, the stumps that have been cut down, Lord, you're able to raise something beautiful. So Lord, this morning, we just want to say that we trust you, that we love you. We lift up our hands and we declare, God, that you are holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. So Lord, I pray right now that you would forgive us would you cleanse us, O oh Lord God, in areas in our lives, Lord, that we don't see you at work, that we don't recognize your hand, that we don't hear your voice because we're concentrated and we're fixated on the disappointments and the stumps in our life. But Lord, from the stumps, Lord, comes beauty and comes fruit and comes new life. So Lord, we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, God, for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys. Well, I'm so grateful that you joined us. Make sure that you uh, sign up for our fall uh, festival at Treasure Islands. We got candies coming in. We had registrations filling up. So make sure you're a part of that. Check us out at newhopecommunity.tv. Uh, have an amazing week. We love you guys.